What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 40. Here with my guy, Brenton. How are you? 40, man. 40. Isn't that like, aren't you over the hill when you hit 40? <laughs> um, it, it's amazing that it's been 40 weeks, but I'm doing good. I'm a little nervous. It's a World Cup qualifying week for the U.S. men's national team. We've got three games coming up in the next two weeks. So uh, we're going to know whether or not we qualify or not, probably by the end of this window. But man, oh, man, am I nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's between Canada, Mexico and U.S. Yeah. So the way it works is top three make it automatically. Fourth go into a playoff. Um, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing okay right now. We're doing okay, but we could be doing better. Uh, we've got two home games and a game away against Canada. Unfortunately, Canada will be without Alfonso Davies. So we'll see, but we're going to be still without Gio Reyna and, you know, some big key pieces, but Hey, I'm excited. Um, there is so much to talk about. We got what AFCON on the docket. We've got, uh, a bunch of wonder kids in the news, a whole bunch of wonder kids in the news <laughs> transfers. And then we're going to hit some quick fires at the end. Is that right? Yes. Just some quick fire questions, putting you and me on the spot and getting those clips. That people love it. Love to see it. So starting off the general news, I wanted to mention something that I was, I was thinking to myself, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that I'm seeing news that yeah. Mario Balotelli, Super Mario, is back at the Azuri. And yeah. unbelievable. Great choice by Mancini, in my, in my opinion, because you have Immobile. And then, yep. like, the bench is so... Mm, like, it lacks the sauce. And Balotelli... <laughs> Brings it, okay? And he's playing quite well in Turkey. I don't know if you guys uh, have, have been watching watching him because I wasn't paying too much attention on him. But yeah. then I see the stats with 15 starts, 8 goals, 3 assists. The team yeah. is like came up to the first division. They're top 5. Like, in, 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 Oh my day. So Balotelli isn't at all not informed people. So, Roberto yeah. Mancini? I'll be honest. I thought his career, I thought Mario Balotelli's career was over when he went down to Serie B. Mm -hmm. um, I know Monza in Serie B has, you know, they have ambitions for Serie A and a Portuguese guy, what, Dani Mota? He's mm. been killing it for, them for a while. Yes. But yeah, his, his loan to Adana Demirspor kind of surprised me. Uh, and I would have just guessed that that would never open up another avenue to the Azuri. But uh, here we are. Here we are, Mario Balotelli. I, I I had to double check his stats because the guy that's impressed me on Demir Spore has been Yunus Ak Akpun Akun, mm -hmm. um, and uh, apparently he's had you know he's got a bunch of an, uh, a bunch of assists, and a lot of those have gone to Mario Balotelli. So they're like top three in the Super League and and killing it right now. So hey, you you said it right at the beginning. Mario Balotelli always brings the sauce, and uh, we'll <laughs> see if the sauce translates to goals again or if it's just kind of like a way to shake up the Azuri before they uh, take on a certain potentially a certain Portuguese team uh, where they're <laughs> going to need all the sauce they're going to need to get by them so oh, yeah that's great. potentially and even though if like they, we, they don't get us like Portugal yeah. they'll get Turkey and he knows Turkey so Balotelli like good True. good snatch up man so good times for Balotelli but Let's go on in a bit of a negative now, okay? But for 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 a couple of fans, it can be a negative or a positive because 
yesterday night, it was really good for Atletico in terms of what happened. Like, it was unbelievable, the comeback against Valencia. But, like, Atletico's having a tough time right now. And the truth is, they have been eliminated from Copa del Rey. They lost 2-1 to Atletico Bilbao in the semifinals of the Super Cup. And now they're 13 points behind Real Madrid. Man, yep. Simeone is on the spot. And I know, yes, he, they were all celebrating, saying this is Atleti, this is Atleti. But Atletico, like no Lionel Messi at Barcelona, no right. Sergio Ramos at Real Madrid. Every Atletico fan was saying, now it's our time. We have no, mm-hmm. The big dogs are gone. No, it isn't. And this is a problem. Rebuild needs to happen at Atletico de Madrid. I mean, it, it probably does. I, I'll be honest. I would have thought like a Rodrigo de Paul. I would have oh. thought like this. I, I would have thought they would have been playing a little more cohesively because like mm-hmm. these are team players. But yeah, that was going to be one of my quick fires. Um, probably still should be, even though they did come back, pulled a Tottenham and uh, scored two in injury time uh, to win. Do you feel like Atletico Madrid, regardless of you know, if there's positive momentum heading into the end of the La Liga season, or mm-hmm. even if they surprise again in the Champions League, or surprise in the Champions League, not surprise again, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like it's time to, you know, turn over a new page and and let Diego Simeone go? I I I I I, I it's hard to say yes because it's yeah. something that's been so long, but sure. in my opinion, the replacement is Marcelo Gallardo. Okay, with the same case scenario that Simeone came to Atletico. Yeah. And I know Gallardo loves the youth. So, and I'd love to see Simeone in the Prem. Or mm. I think he fits the bill more to go to Serie A. But I would love yeah. to see Simeone in the Prem next to Guardiola, Tuchel. You know, it, it, would, it would solidify his name in the best coaches in the world scenario. Yeah. Because you could have, he was the, um, I think for two years, Simeone was the world's, most well-paid manager in the yeah. world. So, yeah. so like, he needs to be the top of the top. So, And another thing with Simeone that I got to judge him, especially as a Portuguese person, man, is the João mm-hmm. Félix situation. And sure. contract right now of João Félix is until 2026. And yeah. if, it re- if it remains, if he stays at Atletico until he mm-hmm. ends up his contract, he's 26 years old. And I'll be honest with you, if, if Jean Felix is at Atletico until he's 26, his career is over, man. Okay? When I say his career is over, is the expectations that I had from him to be yeah. a top player in the Portuguese national team, to be on the dot, on the dot, on top. It just won't happen, man. It just no. won't happen. He needs to leave now. He needs to leave this summer because he needs it. 22, the confidence, you just can see, is not the same. And Atletico fans, I think they know it. Because when he got subbed off, Mm -hmm. João Félix got cheers by the fans. And Simeone was getting booed. Booed, okay? So that says a lot. 26 years old, he can't be at Atletico by that time, Breton. I'm sorry, he can't. Well... I mean, unless unless obviously things change, but that's you know Diego Simeone obviously um, has done things so right at Atletico to get them from a mid-table La Liga team perennially to being a La Liga challenger almost mm-hmm. every year, and and what two La Liga titles 
uh, against some very strong Real Madrid and, and Barcelona opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yeah, amazing. Obviously, we've talked about him. You know, does he count as being up there as uh, upper echelon? But, yeah, he has some weird things with certain players. And, uh, you know, Luis Suarez, obviously, I understand he's at the end of his career, but he's not looking mm-hmm. the same. He's not looking the same. Um, and, uh, Mateus Cunha, who they brought in for what we thought was just this bargain bargain deal, yes. um, hasn't really played much until late. I mean, if well, you don't have Mateus Cunha on the pitch yesterday, mm-hmm. that, that comeback would not have happened. That comeback would not have happened. He is such a good player. He needed 41 minutes, right? It was like 41 minutes, one goal, one assist. That's yep, what you needed, man. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think there's certain things that I don't I don't know that aren't going to change with Simeone and and maybe that's the dinosaur uh in him or or just the I don't know. These days I feel like things change so fast mm-hmm. with coaches. Like I I'm I know they get paid very well, right? But I'm almost uh I almost feel bad for some of these coaches because it it just seems like things are changing so fast. I mean, in our whole world. Exactly. So yeah, Atletico is something I'm going to have to we're going to have to watch a whole lot sooner, but I'm with you. Jao Felix needs to get out. He has to get out. Um, and the talk with I, the coaches is it's cheaper to, to sell out a coach and then sell out the whole team. So well, like yeah. the problems you get to sell that player, that player, that player. Oh my day. So I think we could change topics to something that is looking on the up, up, upscale and things. Yeah. And that is man United. Okay. Because Times at Man United are looking much better. And the reason why is simple. Simple. Ralph Ragnick, okay? And I do think people might say, oh, you're so Ronaldo biased. But I find it interesting after an interview from Ronaldo saying that mm-hmm. there needs to be more discipline. The kids need to listen more. There needs to be more encouragement and needs to be more motivation. Who mm-hmm. is the player that is coming up the ranks now? Elanga. Anthony Elanga and the common trait that every Man United player speaks about Elanga says Elanga is such a hard worker Elanga works is works so much and seeing him get the recognition after that interview of Ronaldo and seeing that Ralph Ragnick is stepping up and putting him in the games man I love to see it and I'm happy that everything is happening now because Ralph Ragnick puts Elanga on the pitch isn't afraid to drop big names, changes mm-hmm. the style of play fully and plays in a 4-3-3, bets yep. on Duke Dalo, which I love it, and Alex yep. Delch. Yep. Wow! Wow! All yeah. the right choices in my view. And get Maguire yeah. out! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's happening anytime uh, soon. But but yeah, Diogo Dalo, I mean, that that he has he has gone from this might be like the fastest rise from bench potential on his way out mm-hmm. of old Trafford to becoming a vital player for them. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't, he wasn't on the, he didn't assist. He didn't have a goal the other day, but he was still big yes. uh, in terms of poking, prodding that, that West Ham defense uh, also solid on defense. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. And you're right. Like Anthony Alanga, um, we've, we've often talked about, everyone's always asked us, you know, Mm-hmm. Who in the United, who in the United Youth Academy are you watching? Are you watching? Are you watching? And mm-hmm. Alanga has always been on the tip of our tongue, and it's mm-hmm. just like, but we never have been able to find how does he make his way through? Yes, right. How does he make his way through? 
Well, Ralph Rangnick. That's how he makes his way through. <laughs> and, and putting your head down and working your working your butt off, yeah. Um, so that when the time comes, your name is called. And and you forgot one tenet of Ralph Rangnick that is very different mm. than others. He actually took Cristiano Ronaldo out of the game, right? And Cristiano Ronaldo, understandably, was not happy about it. Okay, <laughs> he may understand the justification for why he did it. But he was not happy about it, rightfully so. Yes. But the fact that Ralph Rangnick is not looking at uh, at Cristiano Ronaldo and saying that he has to like price in his Instagram followers or price in his reputation Aww. or whatever. Um, this isn't a negative against Ronaldo. It's just it's a true fact, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was encouraging when it was trying trying to get Ronaldo to look towards the future, right? Trying to get him to move forward because in the end, who was it that wound up scoring the goal? You know, it was one of the young kids that he put in. It was yeah, Rashford. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Marcus Rashford now is a super sub like it. Uh, it kind of makes a little more sense based on what he's been through over the last 18 months. But, yeah, you know, Manchester United is ebbing and flowing right now. Right now they're they're, they're on the up. Mm-hmm. They're clearly in the top four, top three, uh, potentially, uh, conversation if they can mm-hmm. keep this running. But that's going to be the biggest question is consistency. Well, um, well Ronaldo yeah. obviously wasn't happy about the substitution. I agree. Uh, yeah. But what I liked about it was Ralph Ragnick went to speak to him. They had a chat mm-hmm. between each other. Yeah. And like you could see like Ronaldo seemed annoyed, but he respected his opinion in which yeah. I understand that. And going with the Duke Dalot talk, man, I got to say he's got eight starts, six yeah. wins. Four mm-hmm. clean sheets. So mm-hmm. the impact is clear as day. And you know it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing with Man United overall in general, man. It needs, it needs, it needed to happen. This, everything that's happening, it needed to happen. The CDM still yeah. is something that I expect fully this summer. And yeah, it, it, and the people that I got to judge is Bisaka, man, right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. It seems like Bisaka, like Dalo. Giving the what what was needed forwards, like the passing option that was needed forwards, changed the whole game for Man United, man. And it was definitely necessary. And good times are definitely ahead, in my opinion. In my yeah. opinion. I, I hope so, because um, remember, we talked about this being a, one of the most competitive years in the Premier League, uh, and it so far is not. Manchester City just and keeps doing Manchester City things, although Southampton held them to a draw recently. Um, and but, I got to yeah. say this too, sorry. And the fact that Elanga yeah. is playing so well, like who yeah. must be on the spot is Jaden Sancho. Of course. Jaden Sancho, man, coming for the feet that he's coming in. Like, yeah. how does how does he justify this now? Like, yeah. oh. There's only one way to justify it. Put your head down and uh, make sure that you're ready to make an impact when Ralph Ragnick calls your name. Uh, there's no there, there's no other way to get back in the 11 right in this, in this <laughs> it's hard um, man. it's hard oh. it is hard yeah uh it's it is it is refreshing to see alanga get his chance and i don't know i don't know what that means for maybe later in the season if there are other blow-ups mm-hmm. uh will uh with a will a hannibal mejbri uh get his name called Ooh. or a, a shola shoratire um i like I, that one yeah we'll see we'll see but uh, um you saw that. I know we just talked about Atletico Madrid. You saw that Tottenham comeback, right? Uh, that Tottenham versus Leicester midweek. Yes. Berg- um, like, wow. um, here's what I love, though, about that Berg- Bergvine, um, you know, brace is he has been the subject of obviously leaving Tottenham 
He has been the subject of transfer rumors uh, heading back on loan to the Eredivisie. Mm-hmm. And I just love that he got his shot and um, what was it 95th minute? He equalizes 97th minute. He puts them ahead. And our boy, Yori Tielemans, is the guy that essentially gives him um, yeah. the chance to do so. And it was just so uncharacteristic of him. It, it, it made me hurt and smile at the same time because we love Tielemans and watching him do something like that in midfield was ugh. Um, but then even Bergvine getting his, uh, getting his chance and putting it away. That was great. And that, that's something like you're seeing some of these teams that were flagging at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. um, really starting to hopefully develop an identity again and, and, and move along its way. But yeah, uh, it's one result. So we'll see what happens. Well, Tottenham definitely looked different, man. And the fa- what yeah. I loved about that match was the, yeah. the celebration at the end. You know, yeah. something that I, I, I often do judge Arsenal fans a lot, but Arsenal, I feel like even when they're in the mud or when they're yeah. succeeding, they're all together. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And Tottenham, when they're not succeeding, I feel like everybody's just bashing everyone. Just boom, boom, boom. And seeing everyone happy as a collective, it was like there's something here beautiful that can happen. And Conte seeing it. <laughs> yeah. You're giving the man that is obsessed with yeah. wins a, a big win. So I'm hyped for Tottenham because I'm not going to judge Conte until the summer. And I do think every Tottenham fan needs to needs to be thinking like this because let him get who he wants. Because sure. forwards, you're lacking a player. Clearly, it's not La Celso, man. And come on, no. Bergvine is coming off the bench. But you definitely need someone. A Dybala, uh, Adama Traore could add something else, but you need a Dybala level player. Uh, someone forwards that is a knockout, a knockout. Yeah. You know, and yeah. yeah, Conte will get it, guys. So let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. and, and and the next team that needs this this type of a makeover that's currently happening, hopefully at Spurs and, mm. and had been happening at Arsenal and is happening at Man United, uh, Everton, man. Oh, Everton. It's just, I mean, they. this is one of those situations where a few more bad decisions or a few more like deflated souls mm-hmm. uh, and, and the Toffees, could wind up in the relegation zone. Like it's not out of the question that they don't survive this season as a Premier League team. Um, as somebody that grew up loving Everton because Timmy Howard was there and Landon Donovan went on some loans and blah blah blah. Um, it's someone growing up like really having a soft spot for Everton. Timmy Cahill, you know, oh, hitting, yeah. the, hitting the corner post. Um, you Jack hate to Yelka. see. It. Oh. Yes, but this this managerial this managerial um, decision mm-hmm. has to happen, and and they have to get it right. They have to get it right. Um, and uh, just seeing like how much do you think that that hurt? And I'm sorry to make Everton fans listening to this relive this, but how much do you think that hurt when they lost to Villa and Steven Gerrard was like walking off the pitch yeah. with this smirk on his face, like just knowing? <laughs> and I, it's really hard to make Steven Gerrard seem unlikable, but like. He was walking off the pitch, like knowing what he was doing to the Everton fan base. So uh, they really, really, I hope they get it right. I don't know. I mean, the right choice is is who brings the soul of the club back. And I don't I know. know who who lead- oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You, I know who you're leading up to. Yes, you know, do. Man. No, yes. I. You're not going to say it? You're saying no, Rooney, I, you my know, guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean Wayne Wayne Rooney Wayne Rooney would be great just based on what he's been doing with um with with Darby and obviously limited resources and almost mm-hmm. the doomed the doomed case of Darby County uh, in the championship. But at the same time, he doesn't have obviously managerial pedigree, mm-hmm. but neither does anyone else that they're really looking at right now. Like looking at hard, apparently they've already interviewed Frank Lampard. Okay. Right. And they're going to interview him again. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, Frank Lampard obviously wasn't exactly unsuccessful with Chelsea, but he wasn't successful yeah. enough for the top tier team. Exactly. You give him some time to maybe build Everton back up. Um, I'm going Rooney. I'm going Rooney. I'm going yeah. Rooney. You know why? Because imagine Rooney in That's that boring. locker room, man. And Dominic Calvert Lewin saying, "I'm having a soft day." Rooney's just looking at him. What? Yeah, no. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean, well, my guy? And I gotta say, it, it is really nice to see Calvert Lewin. I mean, he didn't have a great game, but it's nice to see him at least back and healthy because mm. he's been out a while for them. True, um, true. But, but they like literally when when the best player on the pitch is someone that's not scoring much. Like Anthony Gordon is wearing his heart on his sleeve, running his butt off, uh, trying to trying to get this team some sort of a um, a result. And I just don't know. I don't know what you do in this situation, but. I'll tell you something, like for me, for looking more from the outside looking and seeing that they were interested in Matej Nunes last mm-hmm. summer, they were interested in Luis Diaz. Like, I'll just say this. If they had gotten these two players, Everton would be easily in the top 10. Okay, I just want to say that. Because, okay. the, yeah, this it's what you said, decisions. Like, decisions. Yeah. They're so close to make those decisions. And I think Rooney... I really have a good feeling with Rooney at Everton, man. I really, yeah. I yeah. There is that. There's that. Um, like Zidane has that arrogance and confidence that you wouldn't mess with him at Real. Sure. I think Rooney would have that at Everton. <laughs> that je ne sais quoi. Yes. Yeah, Rooney. Rooney is. Uh, he's. I don't know. He. He's somebody that you know deeply cares, but also sometimes looks like he just doesn't. He's too. I, he's nonchalant. Right, he's nonchalant about it. Um, I but yeah, I mean, who better to bring back than the guy you gave a debut at what, fifteen or sixteen years old? Exactly. Um, Very different from Stevie G, man. And I loved how you mentioned the, the smirk. And, and I find it interesting too. Digne scored, right? Like, like uh, he, uh, he assisted. He assisted. So yeah. assisted. So Lucas Digne assisting. Like, yeah. what? This is yeah. that is such like for Everton fans. It's, it's not good. It's not. Good, but I wanted to say in the Aston Villa side, I have to mention this, Coutinho. Coutinho, man, is balling, and I absolutely love to see it, and I'm hyped to see Stevie G now there, Digne now there, the transfers that might come in that we're going to talk more ahead. Like, Stevie G is changing this, okay? Villa has the money, true. Okay, it has to be said too, because, yeah, yeah, just having the, the cash flow makes it different, but... There is a good project there. And I saw Agbomahor saying he, <laughs> players should prefer to sign for Villa than Man United. I think that's a bit too much. Okay. But for the project-wise, I understand, though. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the common denominator here, though, is it is Stevie G. It is yeah. Steven Gerrard. And uh, the name and, and the, the respect. And, and we have to remember, like, he went to a Rangers team, mm-hmm. right, that, that – I'm not going to say they were in the mud. They were already somewhat out of the mud uh, from their 10 years of discontent, if that's even a word. Uh, it took them a while to get back, but Rangers gave them, or I'm sorry, um, 
Gerard gave them a, an identity again, and uh, he, he plucked guys like Ryan Kent, Joe Aribo. Yes. He plucked kids that just had, you know, this fire in their belly uh, and, and made them perform for him. And um, I, he's going to do the same with Villa, and I think he's also got that added edge of being a Premier League legend mm-hmm. uh, that will be able to contain the egos if there are egos. I don't know. I'm just assuming big price tag comes with an <laughs> ego. I have no clue. Yes. But he'll be contain the Coutinho's right mm-hmm. um of the world so I I like it I like it um and, and Morelos too man at Rangers like that was it was yeah. the, it was great fits great yeah. fits great fits so I'm gonna talk more about the team that is on a competition to Villa and you know who I'm gonna talk about the Portuguese yeah. team in the front it's <laughs> Wolves <laughs> and just like this DVG impact, I got to say it, the Brunelage impact, it's noticeable because yeah. Wolves have, uh, in their last six games, five wins, uh, mm-hmm. five wins and one draw, okay? And 10 goals scored and two suffered. The Brunelage impact is here, man. And I'm hyped. Yeah. Eighth in the league, four points to get to the Champions League. Rubanev yeah. is playing much better. João Moutinho is playing much better. Gilman, like, playing so so much better in defense, too. Yeah. Like, the whole yeah. team is... Oh, it's it's improving a lot. Even Adama Traoré, man, is the super sub, the gift that keeps on giving. It's still giving, man. And Laj is just putting the pieces all moving tremendously well. And the player that I'm most excited with, Brun Laj, yes, he's not scoring, but I expect to see something different from him. And it's Fabio... Silva, pessoal. O Fabio Silva yeah. is coming. Ele vem aí. And guys, expect to see him. And he's getting more and more playing time. And the goals are going to come. Bora, bora, yeah. Fabio. Bora, bora. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on this, uh, on this Wolves love. Uh, because they, <laughs> they have such a... Uh, I, I guess I'll call it like a blue-collar blue collar defense, mm-hmm. right? Connor Cody and you've got Max Kilman And you've got these guys that like... You don't look at on paper and say, "Oh man, I need them in my team," and yet he's got them. He's got them rolling. He's mm-hmm. got them protecting Jose Sa. And then, of course, when you've got Jose Sa back <laughs> right now, doing what he's doing, standing on his head uh, a lot of the games, um, and you have a very underrated midfield that has worked together in mm-hmm. the Portuguese duo of Neves and Moutinho. Um, it's it is it's fun, but even more impressive, I thought, was to sign. Is it Toti or Tati? Uh, Which, to, uh, Toti. Uh, the Toti. center. The, no, he came from Zurich, but yeah. Chiquinho. We signed Chiquinho from Sturil, like Wolves. Right. And Toti, yeah. Toti was already even there. He was on loan from Zurich. Great player. Right. Okay. Great. Well, just just to give him that chance, right? Just to put him in that that uh you know that other that third center back role, mm-hmm. um, and them to get that that. That results. Uh, they're now up. I believe they're what top half. They're fighting. They're only they're only two points behind Arsenal in sixth, um, and they've got a couple games in hand to West Ham, and they're three points behind them in fifth. I'm hyped. This is oh. I, I love it. I love no, it. Brandon. Like huh? and 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 for me, it, it it does answer a lot of doubts. Like I think even for people that watch Portuguese ball, like Bruno Lage yeah. left Benfica. Uh, bad. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the best. And yeah. for me, I think Bruno Lage is saying Benfica uh, succeeded. I had an impact on that, guys. Okay. And Felix, 
Jean Felix became a world class player, like in a, a, a given moment in form, because mm-hmm. I was playing him in the right style of play. So sure. big credit to Brun Lajman, and yeah, I'm loving it. And that's why people watch out for Fabio Silva. That's why I believe something's gonna happen. Hey, I, I man, we got a lot here in the news, man. But yeah. we got to talk about the competitions like Afcon, Afcon. Because yeah. yeah. not forget about that. We got we can't forget about Afcon, and I want to start Part Afcon two. with Abu Bakar. Okay, yeah, we got to start uh, with the best player in the knockout stages, Abu Bakar. He deserved the the captain, yep. exactly. <laughs> the captain for sure, exactly. And yeah, for him, lovely, fantastic to see, fantastic it to is. see Abu Bakar. It is, and, and and they have a they. I mean, all credit to the Comoros. I think I said that right. The Comoros Islands. Uh, for making it into the knockout round, but that's who Cameroon has next. So I, I would expect Abu Bakr to uh, add to his goal haul of five goals. Um, but yeah, nah, he's been a major, major catalyst for them. And obviously they got, you know, Carl Toko Akambe um, mm-hmm. behind him in that sense. Like if Abu Bakr is misfiring one day, Akambe is going to get it. But I don't know. I, I, I haven't yet, I haven't yet, said to myself that I believe Cameroon's going to make it to the final. I do feel like once Cameroon kind of hits a, mm-hmm. a a bigger a bigger squad, okay? Um I I do feel like maybe they yeah, they get they get trounced. Um Senegal I think is kind of the sleeping giant right now. Mm-hmm. They haven't looked good at all, but they made it through. Um so mm-hmm. I really do feel like that's coming, but man, Vincent Abubakar has been great. And you know who else has been great? under the pressure to be great because this I, is a tournament. We have to remember, we have to say it right now. This is a tournament that you and I both said, Algeria, we can't really see Algeria not winning or getting far. Man, yeah, they're out. They're gone. Ivory they're, Coast, man, like battered yeah. those guys, man. Like, yeah. oh. it's, And Riyad Mahrez, like, I don't know if he even showed up. Um, <laughs> he had the chance. He had the chance to give them a lifeline, and I believe he missed the penalty. He hit the post or something. Yes, he did. Uh, oh, like Algeria has four goals conceded, one yeah. point, and one goal. Like what disappointed me watching Algeria's games was Mares was zero involved. And yeah. I, I, I was honestly doubting if it was the tactics of the coach saying to him yeah. to spread to the wide or it was yeah. himself. So I don't know, but it's a pity to see Algeria. And I got to say too, Ghana. Ghana is out too of the AFCON, man. And yeah, yeah. another t- another big team. But Ivory yeah. Coast. Yeah. Well, 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 hold on. Before we get to the Ivory Coast, can we stick on Ghana for one second? For because sure. how bad was Thomas Partey's yeah. week? How bad was Thomas Partey's week? I almost feel bad saying it because the poor guy before he went to AFCON was was getting. I mean, he was starting to come up, right? Yes. I mean, he was healthy. He was playing well for Arsenal. Oh. Uh, he was getting a lot of love on Twitter, um, and then boom, he goes to AFCON. Not not only not only does Ghana miss out, right, and leave in the group stage after being one of the favorites. Uh, he comes back. He takes like an early flight home to get back for that Carabao Cup semifinal leg. He gets on the pitch late in the game, and then he proceeds to get a red card. And, and oh. uh, not only did they get trounced and kicked out of the Carabao Cup, he also uh, was ejected. Um, and yeah, so um, 
I'm sorry for my guy Partey, man. But he is in good form, so let's yes. let's hope he keeps on going, man, with that. Uh, yeah, but a player let's, that's slow on form, and it seems to be that AFCON is is treating him well. I got to say Moriba. And yeah. Moriba was awarded, guys, the youngest, uh, aye, aye, the best player, the best young player of the group stages at AFCON, yep. okay? I was surprised, but I love it. I love it. So it was good to see him pick Guinea instead of Spain. So it's good to see, man. It's good to see players going with their their uh, their home country. And yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. And Guinea, I think Guinea plays um, Gambia to start uh, in the knockout round. So uh, they've got, you know, Gambia has been good, but they have they have a, a solid shot at moving on and they could surprise. Um, and Moriba will get his chance. But I'll tell you what, there were so many people in AFCON or so many players in AFCON that we were like chomping at the bit. Hmm. Uh, see, right? Mo Salah has not necessarily uh, shown up yet. Fuck. Okay, he hasn't exactly been Mo Salah for Egypt. Um, but guess for for every Salah or for every um, who's the one that just went crashing out? Uh, for every Mares um, or yeah. Obama Yang, right? There is Akraf Hakimi. Akraf Hakimi. And he went in with all the pressure on his shoulders. And I don't even think he had a good first group stage game. But Hakimi has shown he's delivered so far. Uh, he's kind of fit right into that Moroccan mold. And and I'm I'm going to say it right now. I do think Morocco does have what it takes to win this tournament. Jeez. And I think a lot of that has to do with Akraf Hakimi. Um, Whoa. So, so yeah. Morocco beating Senegal? Um, well, it's, it's possible if, if Senegal, if Senegal comes into this, um, are they in the, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, um, bring up the knockout round in my head and I, uh, oh, if I they think, meet in the final or they meet yeah. earlier, but still that, that's a, that's a bold prediction, Morocco to win it. Love it. It, it is. One. And I, I actually am changing. I'm going from Senegal winning it all. I'm going to change it to Morocco winning it all right now. Cheers. Okay. I'm, not uh, go I'm a waffler. I'm a waffler, like the best of them. Uh, and uh, no, I think Morocco. You got to look at it. Like Morocco mm-hmm. doesn't have, didn't have Z- um, Zayek coming into mm-hmm. this. Uh, I looked at that as kind of a definitely a missing piece. The mm-hmm. same way I looked at all of the players that were left behind by Nigeria mm-hmm. um, coming in. And there you go. Nigeria and Morocco have been two of the bigger standout performers mm-hmm. uh, in AFCON. So uh, it really comes down to in this particular tournament, it's less about star power. It's mm-hmm. more about putting them all together, consistency, mm-hmm. um, you know, that Denmark appeal mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> of, of just the cohesion. And uh, if you can get a, a guy like Ak- Akraf Hakimi to make a run uh, down the right and, and serve a ball to mm-hmm whatever and and make a, a phenomenal movement in order to win a game that's deadlocked um that's the star appeal there but yeah morocco and nigeria are two very very tough teams um morocco. and the other thing i can bring up is the ivory coast uh yes. you were about to talk about them yes. i gotta say, I gotta say this. before before i you know let you speak here nicholas pepe in the premier league yes <laughs> nicholas pepe in afcon like wow, you know, you know, it's 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 been a lot. He's bold in in Afcon. It's great. To see. That's uh, facts. I, yeah, that's facts. And I was gonna say like the two, my two favorites is Senegal 
and the thing that you just mentioned, Ivory Coast, because, like, they just were taking it personal against Algeria, like, battering them. Like, it's, there was even a goal that the, the, it was 4 1, but yeah. then it got to 3 1 because it was disallowed. And, but the fact that they just wanted more and more and more, like, the, they were hungry. And were. that's why I think. Or it's going to be Ivory Coast or Senegal, like I was saying before. And you mentioned Pepe, Kessier, Kessier for me, <laughs> unbelievable, and the big boy player. And for me, he's performing too at his club. It's Sebastian Haller. And Sebastian okay. Haller will keep on giving at AFCON. And I'm, I'm confident. I'm confident. Yeah. Well, the funny thing there is like, yeah, okay, Kessier has been great. Uh, Haller's uh, starting to heat up for sure. Uh, Pepe has been pretty good and very dangerous for them. But for Ivory Coast, the, the player, one of the players of the tournament right now for Ivory Coast, for me, has been Ibrahim, uh, Ibrahim Sangare, mm-hmm. who I believe is a PSV Eindhoven uh, player. And I, I know he's been doing this, you know, all season for PSV. And he's kind of missing him today versus I. They're kind of missing him today versus Ajax. Mm-hmm. I don't know the score right now, but it's going on as we speak. <laughs> and I keep looking at Ibrahim Sangare and I say, you know, United is looking for a D-mid. Mm. And, and you want like a, a low financial risk, high potential reward type of situation? Ibrahim Singare, his numbers could potentially fit the bill. I don't know if his passing fits the bill. Uh, but definitely his marauding and his, his tackling and, and his uh, physical ability uh, to dominate the middle of the pitch. Um, those, are, those are pretty good qualities that, that Ralph Rangnick could have a whole lot of fun with. Um, so I don't know, but Sangare for me has been one of the players of the tournament right now. Definitely. That's, that's an interesting mention. Is there anything with AFCON you'd like to mention more? Um, only thing, only other thing is we talked a little bit about Nigeria. I mean, Kalechi Iannaccio, uh, keeps coming up and, and doing big things, but the, the guy that's been really, really good for them is their left winger. And that's Moses Simon, who a lot of people don't know much about. He's in league one. He plays for Nantes. Um, and, uh, I think, you know, he actually has like two goals, six assists in league one this year. Um, which for the team that Nantes is, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty good. Uh, so if anyone's out there looking to take a flyer on a very dangerous winger, Moses Simon, you could, you could get him for pretty cheap is my, is my, you know, recollection, but he has been very, very dangerous for Nigeria. And mm-hmm. it's kind of one of those things where, yeah, you thought like a Victor Osimen was going to be the ruler of AFCON here. And that yet he winds up not coming and other names have stepped up for Nigeria. So, um, very, very dangerous. And then, uh, we, we can't, we can't go on without mentioning this. This is not AFCON related, but it is African world cup related. Mm-hmm. It is, it's almost like, it's almost a travesty that Stadio Mane and Senegal are going to have to face Mo Salah and Egypt for a spot in the World Cup. Sadio Mane or Mo Salah will not be at the World Cup. And that that saddens me. That, it saddens it, me. It, it should, man. It should. But I, I, I do think Senegal will get the better of it. But that yeah. is something that... Expect the unexpected. A lot can happen, guys. But put that in the comment section... What do you want to see? And what have we missed out on the AFCON, okay? Players, games, tell us in the comment section below. But yes. now comes the time. Wonderkid's news here at FC Wonderkid, okay? And Ooh. I wanted to start here because 
Ah, it's a pity, man. I had to start with Fatih. Fatih, yes. man. For me, yeah. like Fatih, no cap people, is a generational talent when he's not injured, man. Okay? And seeing that he needs to get another surgery to reduce the risk of relapse, okay? That's going to take four to five months, man. You just don't. It's it's just so sad to see, man. Hope all the best friends do Fatih, but I know this is a huge blow for Xavi. Huge. So, I don't know. Dembele might stay. I don't know. But someone nah, needs I, to come if Fatih. Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to I be wrong about this Barcelona refresh. But as of, as of right now, uh, you know, you, you were bringing up Atletico Madrid's, um, you know, Standing, placing the La Liga standings and, and getting kicked out of the Super Cup and all this. Um, Barcelona's right there too, man. Knocked out in Copa del Rey round of 16. They're out of the Champions League. They got Europa League that doesn't necessarily seem feasible, but who knows? Knocked out of the Super Cup. They're like sixth place in La Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a good clear shot at fourth or above, but we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, these, these things, these personnel things, they're so muddied that Ansu Fati, it just sucks. I, I <laughs> he is generational and he is phenomenal, and I want to see him stay healthy. And it just doesn't seem like it's in his cards at this moment. But like the bigger blow right now is Usmani Dembele, and he's frozen out as it seems. Right, he's frozen out mm-hmm. unless he signs a contract. Yeah, um, I understand. Or they got, or they sell him. But how do you sell a guy that you what you spent one hundred fifty million dollars on? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is so about 150 million. Was it a dollar? Uh, American. I was like, whoa, right. right? Jeez. I was like, hey, friends are going bold. But like, yeah, it's definitely. they. Oh, my days, man. It doesn't look good for, for Barca. But I don't. I, I, I can't disagree with selling him, man. Okay. I'd sell yeah. him on the dots, even if it's 15, 20 million because of those salaries. Man, that is what's yeah. terrorizing the club. But going on a positive note, I was very happy to see Ferran Torres score his first goal. Yeah. And it's it was a great goal. And it's one to watch, one for the future for Barcelona. Uh, but Fati with this blow, it's... Yeah, but I'm still confident, Bretton. I'm still extremely confident with Ferran, Gavi, Nico, all of those coming up. Even Ronaldo Rouge. But yeah. I understand. I understand the doubts for sure. I, I will I will uh I will leech on to you and uh and and hope for the best for Barcelona. It, this has nothing to do with um this just has to do with resetting of expectations for for Barcelona fans, mm-hmm. I think. I, I think. Agree. Um I think that there is definitely a path, but mm-hmm. that path is a whole lot murkier uh back to um you know uh, dominance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that path is a whole lot murkier than people understand. And I just wish that there would be a, l- a little more of a dose of realism uh, coming out of the Barcelona top brass, mm-hmm. not Xavi per se. It's up, it's up to Xavi to keep everybody encouraged. <laughs> and he, I do believe he is probably the right man to do the job. Um, not, not that anybody's asking me, I got to always set myself down there. Um, but man, it, th- them, these guys playing the hardball with Usmani Dembele, it's just, you have to, to Bretton. That Dude, guy is pranking the club, man, in my opinion. Uh, How many times has he been injured? How many? Like, it's... 
I, I, I think if I'm a, if, look, if I was a stone cold Barcelona fan, I'd be, I'd hate Dembele, and it's, it's sad, man. It's sad, and I, like, I, I'm not gonna. Dembele has all the talents of the world, man. You know what I'm saying? And people were saying, oh, Dembele, he's gonna be better than Mbappe. He's gonna be the best player in the world. Barcelona fans were. <laughs> next level and all this happens so i think it's just refresh rebuild new faces and yeah new faces like holland that has 101 goal involvements and a goal and assist every how many minutes yeah every 64 i believe 63 minutes there you it's go insane. so that's what it's- barcelona needs my guy <laughs> So it's coming I, to Dortmund. It, uh, crazy. He's just got this air of inevitability about him. And and you know what? Looking at the standings, mm-hmm. Dortmund's not out of it yet. They're not out of it yet. Um, but but it obviously when Bayern plays it, it feels like they're out of it. But yeah, I mean it, it is remarkable to see. We're all we everybody's talking about this air of of inevitability that Bayern mm-hmm. wins the Bundesliga, and yet, you know, they, they do have three losses this season, right? And they're only technically, with a game in hand, six points ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just amazing. And it, and it's it's amazing that when Robert Lewandowski eventually moves on or, or, or retires at some point in the future, um, you know, Erling Holland, whether he's, he's probably not going to be in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. but wherever he is, he's going to keep up that I can score 50 goals in 30 games type of scenario. <laughs> and it's just, it's so ridiculous that we're like used to that now. Yeah. Um, Facts. but yeah. Facts. I, I, yeah. I, I got to bring somebody up before I forget it. And this is biased. This is homered. This is me being an American. Okay. <laughs> I got to bring it up because I know we're going to go on to bigger players, right? More expensive players to talk about. But I got to bring up my guy, Josh Sargent. Okay? <laughs> yes, Sargent. <laughs> all right. I got to bring him up. All right. This guy, you know, okay. He's made some shoddy decisions when it comes to, you know, where he goes. He went to Werder Bremen. Werder Bremen obviously got ushered out of the Bundesliga. Okay. Uh, and they got saved multiple times, uh, and last year was the year that they couldn't do it. And then, of course, he goes to Norwich City, which was always going to be a relegation fight. Anyway, kid works his butt off. He mm-hmm. always has worked his butt off. He is not the most technical. He it does not work the hardest, but he you you can never fault um, him working. But yeah, he's if you look at like a roundup of his highlights for the first several months of this year, mm-hmm. it's it's like miss hit after miss hit after sitter after whatever. And he go he went into this game the other day, uh, not having scored a Premier League goal yet. Okay, which you know some of us wait all or wish all of our lives to have scored in the Premier League. Right. Anyway, kid has a baby the other day. Okay, not him physically having a baby. Obviously, uh, his <laughs> his significant other has a baby. Um, it, he he takes a little bit of a pause. There's all this Twitter chatter that Josh Sargent is. At- He's gone. He's not going to make the New York, Norwich City roster anymore. Mm-hmm. He's got to move on and get out of there. Um, and I just love it. He goes in and he scores a brace. And the first goal it seemed accidental um, or kind of a pipe dream for what he was trying to do. Goodness. But he scored like a little bit of a scorpion kick. Yes. Uh, first goal. And it just a, a game that Norwich needed mm-hmm. to win. A three-zip six-point winner against Watford. Um, You know, they exit the relegation zone for right now. Mm -hmm. And Josh Sargent just, like, clears the slate. And I'm going to say it right now. 
watch out for him moving forward. Um, <laughs> more so as like a target for another team, but he could, once he starts scoring, he generally gets hot. Love it. Um, so we'll see. I just love it. It's, it's a guy he's near and dear to my heart. He's not, he wasn't playing well for us men's national team. Mm-hmm. He roundly got dropped. Uh, understandably got dropped. Norwich city is basically like was in shambles. And now there's a little bit of hope for the Canaries. We'll see. There you go. Josh Sargent, man. I, I was, yeah, I was shook with that goal, man. And there was intent in it. I, that was a really good goal. Go watch the tape, people. That no, mm-hmm. Josh Sargent goal, it's worth it. So I'm going to here mention the last using the Wonder Kids use on my part. It's, look, it's for me, it's sad that this happens, man. But I do yeah. think it's, it's a bit of a reality check to people that live in Europe and in and the States. I think Occidental, Western uh, countries, because Brazil is just a different ball game, man. It's yeah. different. Different. Football is different there because I'm going to tell you the Copinha semifinals, okay? This is yep. where you see the youth talents, okay? We have Barcelona scouts. We have scouts from all over the world. And what happens in the Sao Paulo against Palmeiras? We have a man that goes inside the pitch with a knife and is threatening, threatening Palmeiras players. Threat, not players, kids. 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 Copinha. This is unbelievable. That's insane. The guy has to go to prison, has to be convicted, has to. Okay. And Roger, man, big up. To, to the uh, to Caillou forward of of um of of São Paulo, okay, that went up, stopped the attacker, okay, and nothing nothing worse happened, okay. But it's such a pity that things like this happens, and the referee had to seize the knife. Like, yeah. oh my days! That's that's how I know that Brazil is different, okay. Oh my. Days. so yeah, yeah that happened that's, that's not exactly the type of different we want to be highlighting but oh. uh yeah that's that's tough um and i Just, didn't even see who won do we know who Palmeiras. won Palmeiras uh, won one nil the semi-final and that's gonna happen okay. but hendrick guys watch out on hendrick i, I want to see it i want to see yeah. more on him but yeah that was yeah that was it was the semi-final so yeah it was sad man sad, well, sad, I, sad. I see some future content for us we gotta like list 10 next next gen brazilian strikers to watch out for or something because yeah that copina is a lot of fun to watch every year i mm-hmm. didn't get to watch as much of it as i wanted to because i've been watching a lot of afcon but um there you go but man it's 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 a lot of fun so it's a shame we have to highlight that stuff and um i only hope that's the last time but a little less a little less negative uh but i gotta there's gotta be a call to action here leon mm-hmm. leon okay uh- Play Rayon Cherokee more, (laughs) please, please. Like it's been over three months since the kid has gotten a start in league one. It's unreal. And I don't understand in Europa league. They put him in. He has like four starts in Europa league in the group stages. He had two goals, three assists. And he's only got 200 and like 95 minutes played in the league where you're mid table. You're like not good. You're done. League one is done for Lyon. It is. It's just terrible. Okay. Play Rayon Cherky. Give him the keys to the attack and let him go. I just don't understand why there is no opportunity given to him. Um, and maybe it's, I don't know. Is it attitude? I have no mm. clue. And but- like adding to that, even players are on AFCON. Like the yeah. players that he's replacing in that Leon team, they're on AFCON. Yeah. So what's yeah. the justification on Bosch? Man, I, 
You're hitting the money, Brunson. I'm loving it. I'm loving it's it. It's tough. It is tough. Oh. And this is a kid. This is a kid that can change a game, and um, he has deficiencies, but he's got to work through those deficiencies. He is very. He is clear enough to start for any of the other eleven, uh, or I'm sorry, any of the other uh, teams in League One. And you know, I think he's still only still only eighteen, right? Maybe maybe he just turned nineteen. But like, come on, mm-hmm. your your whole back line, your whole back line is like Leon Academy players, okay? <laughs> Castello Lukeba. I mean, you've got yes. really good, you've got really good players, uh, but they are making mistakes too, mm-hmm. and and they're a big reason why you're like mid table and not doing so hot in League One, okay? But there's promise there, so let them. This League One season's already thrown out. Okay, let them work through and start to trust that academy again. I don't understand it. Um, and Brown Cherokee just has that special whatever. And if they're not careful, you know, they're going to lose them the same way they lost. Uh, was it Yassin Adli or was he elsewhere? He was PSG, right? I mean, Guri. I think it was Amin I mean, Guri. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah, Guri, uh, who I think had another, he had a goal and an assist today for Nice again. I mean, the, so... the kid's on the, for me, it's you got to play Shirky because, two, Shirky it might be the most generational talent in the past five, ten years that Leon has had. Everybody knew about Shirky even before he went to that first team. And the other player that I look that they, he has, he must be seeing red flags is Florin de Silva, man. And that player, I love him. He's a stud, he's got the dribbling, the technique. Right decision making that is not easy to find with youngsters. So, sure. Florent the Silva, man. If it doesn't go well, Leon. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, Kak there, but he's still there. So, uh, Leon has Usemaor. Like, yeah. he's 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 gonna go every transfer window, he's still there. So, maybe yeah. he should have gone already and they should have signed someone new. So, yeah. oh man, so people. If there's anything that we've missed out in the Wonder Kids news, please put down below in the comment section below. And yeah, go bold on that one. But now we're going to the transfers. (laughs) My favorite. favorite. Personally, my favorite. (laughs) I'm going to start with a bargain transfer that I think every every single listener needs to know about. I saw it just now this morning. Sardar Azmun has just signed for Bayer Leverkusen for free. For, as a yeah. free agent next summer, what a bargain! What a it, it, bargain it, by Leverkusen, man! Elite business, elite. It, it, is, it is elite business. But did you did you see the little wrinkle there? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Apparently, he left to negotiate the deal without actually getting permission from his current club. Mm. So uh, he's going to have a pretty tough next six months until his deal is up. Which is Russia, knows? man. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that's not a place you necessarily want to like just go out of bounds and whatever. But <laughs> but Bayer Leverkusen is a great next place for Asmoon. Yes. Um, and and he's he's been very prolific in in Russia and uh, in the in the little bit we've gotten to see him mm-hmm. uh, play with the Iranian uh, national team, he is phenomenal. So um, I love that. I love that signing, and I hope he does well. I hope his club actually plays him over the next six months, um, mm-hmm. or he's going to have one hell of a holiday. Um, mm. But yeah, that is that is great business, and Bayer Leverkusen tends to do great very business. good. 
Yeah. Exactly. Man, and did they, you know, I've been watching Augsburg a lot because of the Ricardo Pepe transfer there. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it, but watching Augsburg is also like wanting to gouge my eyes out a little bit because they just, they, they have nobody that can create. Okay. But anyway, Bayer Leverkusen just manhandled them. Musa mm-hmm. Diab just manhandled Augsburg the other day. Uh, Florian Wirtz is massively underrated, in my opinion, even though he is one of the most talked about 18-year-olds on this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, he is massively underrated for what he can do. Um, the orchestration and the little bit, like, he can take a man on in the box. He can, I don't know, there's just so many different things that he can do that I really do feel, I almost put him in my underrated 11. So, so you'd pick Wirtz ahead of Havertz now? Uh oh. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think I think Have Havertz you seen from... Havertz at this level at Leverkusen? I don't I I'll be honest really? with you. Havertz was special, but Wirtz I think he looks a bit more special than Kai Havertz at Bayer Leverkusen. That's me personally. That's me yeah, personally. Well, I'm I'm going to agree with that, but there there were definitely some Kai Havertz uh, <laughs> uh games for Leverkusen where you're like, "Oh, this kid is very very good. And I still think we're going to see it mm-hmm. with Chelsea or maybe somewhere else. But uh, yeah, Florian Beerts is great. And I think if you can get, if you can hold on to them somehow for another year Patrick Schick. Um, and, and let Osmond come in there, um, man, you're going to even like Jeremy Frinkpong, I think, is like a transfer that's underrated at that right back spot. And I know you're a big fan, too, of Ezekiel Palacios. So yes. that was a that was a great buy by them too, man. So Leverkusen, just wish he stayed healthy. Yeah, but Leverkusen, they they know business. And Top Soba too here on the yeah. here on the Portuguese note, like at Guimarães, like seeing going to Leverkusen, great deal yep. by them. Uh, and I know I saw a transfer news, and I had to mention it because yeah. I know you're a huge fan of him, and we're here in yeah. the Bundesliga talk, and I think this is gonna happen, people. Adam Holzek, I think, is going to the Bundesliga, okay? And it's Bayern or Dortmund. Who's your yeah. pick? Who's your pick to sign Ozek? I, I, I would pick Dortmund because yes. of what, I've see, what I saw with, uh, sure. with Sancho. But, look, if I was Holzek's agent, I wouldn't be refusing Bayern too because, like, the fact is he can become a legend, a mm-hmm. legend, and solidify himself at Bayern, Adam Holzek. Staying there in form because I think he he can do it. He can make it yeah. happen. So what's yeah, your choice? I I think Dortmund needs a refresh in the midfield in in the in the attack. Uh, beyond obviously Holland potentially leaving and the air of that hanging over them um, too. And and Adam Plozek is a guy that would be able to contribute, I believe, right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the prospect of getting into that Bayern machine. He is one of those guys that, that I, I can't see him going to Bayern just to sit on the bench and like wait a few mm-hmm. years. I, I see him as a kid that that will would actually contribute right away for Bayern. I agree. Um, yeah. So I, I almost want the Bayern, but that just makes the strong stronger. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's tough. But I like that. I like that shout a lot. And um, But I man. did see too, like for me, if Bayern get this deal done, I saw it too. Yeah. It's if Bayern Munich get Frankie de Jong, Okay, mm-hmm. if they because we know before Frankie went to Barcelona to Ajax, like it was yeah. City, Barcelona, 
and Bayern, okay? And I remember speaking to you and saying, look, Bayern managed to get Frankie de Jong, man. That, what, what, what will they do with him next to Kimish, man? This is going to yeah. be scary scene. So seeing the possibility of them signing, I saw the news. I got to mention it. And I do think yeah. it's the best fit for Frankie de Jong. Yeah, well, and, and why stop there? Why stop there? Go go full Ajax collection mode and get Matisse Delict too. Um, you know, as, as, as we've seen, he's, he's kind of up for grabs in that sense. They've, they've put a, they've put a, um, a number on him. You've got Nicholas Sule leaving, mm-hmm. right? Um, now Sule's a very big body, very big body. I don't know if you're going to be able to like, but you have, you have Upa Meccano already, mm-hmm. but you can go out you can get a delict as well. Uh, and delict against uh, next to an Upa Meccano. Oh, that be that, but I, I'd love that, Bretson. I'm just gonna yeah. be devil advocate here because Chayala with Bayern. Yeah, well, Pini Zahavi has Lewandowski though. True, that's true. But see, but Frankie, oh, but Deli, I, I'd love that deal too, man. Oh, I think Vardiol will eventually go to Bayern Munich. That would be Did my it? bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's another underrated player. He's been very good, very good for Le- Leipzig. For sure, um, for sure. So, uh, yeah, in the tra- uh, underrated transfer, you mentioned underrated. I saw my notes here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the team. You're gonna say the player, Man City. Okay. Yeah, yeah, El Aranya. Uh, that's my the extent <laughs> of my Spanish. Sorry. Uh, yeah, Julian Alvarez. I, I, I. How I, if you're talking low financial risk, high potential reward? You can't mm-hmm. get any better than Julian Alvarez's numbers for uh, River Plot. Um, yes, I, I, I know that they're already talking with them, and Alvarez could be heading to City. Um, but I, I see a better place for him. And you're gonna kind of laugh at this. No, come Everybody's on. chasing everybody. Like everybody in the Barcelona camp is chasing like Marata or hell. I even saw like Oscar bringing back Oscar mm. from China, right? Julian Alvarez at Barcelona makes sense to me. Julian Alvarez at Barcelona makes a lot of sense to me. Okay. Manchester City, it I don't know. I get While you. I get, I get <sighs> you. I get you though, but I think for for the best of football. <laughs> I think <laughs> no, honestly though, but seriously, I think Julian Alvarez, I don't think he's a direct similar player to Aguero. I think they're yeah. different players. I think okay. Aguero is more of a dribbler. I think he's more of a finisher, Julian Alvarez. Yep. But I got to say, it's a very, very good move by City. And it, oh, this, yeah. clearly, this clearly has a touch of Guardiola in here because Guardiola would be the type of manager that would invest in a youngster, a top youngster with good numbers. And mm-hmm. let's be honest too. Like, Guardiola knows Argentinian players pretty well. And I'm sure, I'm sure he might have had a chat with Lionel Messi about Julian Alvarez. And he knows what's going to happen if he comes to Man City. So, I think Julian Alvarez is a perfect, perfect fit for Barcelona. Uh, for, for, for Man City, but Barcelona. Uh, <laughs> You're already programming look, look, me. <laughs> look at that. But, look at but, that. I, I planted the seed. <laughs> but, the, but... I just, you know, man, it's just because I'm really bullish on Holland, Barcelona. I can't see yeah. something else. Morata for me is disappointing. If, that, if, if Morata goes to Barcelona instead of Holland or even Julian yeah. Alvarez, like you're suggesting, for me it's disappointing. Even yeah. Karima Dejemi, I w- but he rejected. 
the club. <laughs> so, well, yeah, purely from like a financial financial perspective, like Julian Alvarez I, yeah. just makes sense if you're if you're looking at Bayern or Bayern, goodness, uh, Barcelona. Barcelona uh, you know, trying to balance the books while also bringing really, really flipping talented people, mm-hmm. uh, especially knowing that Ansu Fati has another spell on the sidelines. Uh, you can't do no wrong, but yeah, from a business perspective, City mm-hmm. Football Group getting Julian Alvarez. I don't care if they loan him back to River Plot. I mean, if you get him for the 25, 30 million that they're yep. expecting, uh, that's that's like you're printing money. That's <laughs> a bargain. It's know. a bargain. And I have another player too that for a top club, I think it's going to be a bargain and it's because of his contract situation and it's yeah. Ryan Gravenberch. I see that oh. his contract is going to expire in 2023. So, people I fully expect Ajax to be selling him this summer. And the teams that I think are in pole position are Arsenal, PSG, Real Madrid, and Liverpool. The one I think would be best, I think it's Tottenham. Because Tottenham has a history with Ajax players. And Tottenham Mm -hmm. definitely needs a midfielder next to Oiberg. And Gravenberch would be that youngster. And Conte... I think Conte would prefer Kessier. Yes, okay, people, yeah. Frank Kessier. But Gravenberch would be something very, very good. And Tottenham fans need that hope, that future hope, okay? I think they're lacking yeah. in it now, okay? Tanganga, Troy Parrott, Oliver Skip, very good. But just yeah. getting another player, man, getting another youngster, Gravenberch would be for Tottenham. Yeah, and so, it actually yeah. surprised me the other day when I looked up, like, the age of Harry Winks. You know, the kid looks like he's 18, but apparently he's 25. I'm not, uh, I'm not, yeah. you, I, I, I'm not a Harry Winks big, I'm not a big fan of Harry Winks. I, he's no. too passive. The guy's too oh, passive. Okay. I mean, no, I, I obviously do believe that Ryan Gravenberg would be a, a step up from Skip Winks, Los Celsa. I mean, anyone you want to put in that, they're obviously all not the same in terms mm-hmm. of midfielder, but, uh, but yeah, you put him in there. Uh, you, you've got your midfield locked down for years. Kid's got size, composure. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just so much good about him. I don't think he gets enough love for what he does for Ajax. Um, but um, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, that is a good one. I didn't know it was that. I, I wonder if Ajax is going to do the hey, we're going to sign you to 2027 and then offload you for 100 million. Mm-hmm. You know, type of, serious, type of thing. If they were smart, but um, I, I I think also they're probably looking at it and saying. Man, that would be embarrassing if we let Ryan Gravenberg go on a free in exactly. the future. Exactly. Um, so, all right. Well, speaking of underrated, I, I got to bring up one. Um, did you have any more to say about that, Ix? Oh no, 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 no. I got to go back to my American roots here, man. <laughs> have you seen? Have you seen the Brendan Aronson news? No, I haven't. Okay. All right. Well, there was a stat, and I haven't verified the stats. So tell me if I'm wrong, right? But I think it's Opta or somebody does the the metrics on it and and uh, forget who it was. It was either Jesse Marsh or Greg Burhalter or somebody. Someone in the American space looked it up. The distance covered. Okay, Brendan Aronson is in the top one percent of players in distance covered per game. Okay, Ooh. so what does that tell you? Liverpool. Yeah, right. It could be. <laughs> but but you know who's chasing them? Who? You know who's chasing them? Who is who is frenetic in the Premier League that needs a shot, needs an injection of of especially because they just lost to Newcastle. Uh, who needs an injection of that type of an engine, right? Like uh, just somebody that's going to run his um, his butt off uh, for the club. 
It's Marcelo Bielsa and Leeds United. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, Marcelo Bielsa have, has already, Aww. maybe not him individually, but Leeds United has already put in a 15 million pound bid for Brendan Aronson. And they were rejected, rejected by Red Bull Salzburg. And they have apparently upped it to above 20 million pounds. This is a kid kid that literally just signed for Salzburg a little over than a year ago, a little over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's he's impressing. I mean, he really is impressing his motor, his ability to learn, his ability to do even, you know, the simplest tasks and, uh, you know, just be able to do them all 90 minutes. Um, And I really do believe I really do believe that by the end of this window, you might see Brendan Aronson in the Premier League, which, which would be really crazy because this is a kid. He's from Medford. Okay, Medford's five miles in that direction, Medford, <laughs> New Jersey. Uh, I grew up about two miles away from Medford, um, and we know the Aronson family. Uh, we watched them come up through the Unions Academy, and just to see a hometown kid, even in the even in the transfer talk of the premier league is, is pretty amazing. And I'm sure you've got plenty of kids you grew up with, right. Or plenty of kids you've grown up watching. Yes. Um, this, this is one that's near and dear to my heart in the sense that Brendan Aronson, you know, he's going to, he's going to fit in very well uh, wherever he goes because he's a, he's a sponge. He's mm-hmm. a sponge he takes in whatever he's got and he's 21 and he's, he's ready to, ready to get it done. And I only hope he can do it. Um, bring us to the world cup too. But anyway, Brendan Aronson for more than 20 million pounds to the premier league. That'd be crazy. That'd be amazing. For what you're talking, man, he's worth more than 20, honestly. And I've seen him play. I've seen him play. And I I agree with you. I think he's madly underrated. And I, if for English fans, compare him a bit like with Connor Gallagher type beats, okay? But Brendan Aronson just seems to think more about the game and less going forward. So I like it. He dictates the tempo. I like it. And there is another thing, too, that he has a brother, right? You're coming. You're yeah, seeing him brother. coming off the scenes too now. So yeah, his, his brother is ahead of where he was at his age. Uh, so you should see Paxton Aronson is uh, should have a big big year for for the Union um, this year and could be the next to either move to Salzburg or who the hell knows. But yeah, there's some good stuff and other other American names have actually moved recently. I don't know if you've been seeing this, but Matt Turner was the yes. subject. He's our goalkeeper. He's the subject <laughs> of an Arsenal bid uh, for about seven or eight million pounds. or do- seven, I don't know which which currency. But Matt Turner to be the backup to Aaron Ramsdale. It could be worse jobs. If if you're a guy, this guy went undrafted. I don't know if you know what the draft is yes. in Major League <laughs> Soccer. But they pull you. He went to a, a small college named Fairfield, um, not exactly seen as a powerhouse. Mm. And uh, he did not get signed. He did not get signed at all. He went, he earned himself a job with the New England Revolution. And then a couple years of doing well there, he earns himself the U.S. men's national team job uh, competing with Zach Steffen. And now Arsenal wants him? <laughs> Pretty amazing for a guy to get his uh, thing. So uh, another guy, Cole Bassett, goes to Fanord. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening on that front. But anyway, there are other things to talk about. What other big transfers do you uh, do you need to highlight? I got to highlight the reunion that can happen between Luis Suarez and Stevie G. That'd be that'd be pretty impressive if Stevie G managed to get this done. And this is an underrated stat about Suarez that I got to say. People forget, but Suarez, in a generation with Lionel Messi and Christian uh-huh. Ronald, he won the Golden Boot twice. 
okay? And not too many players in this decade managed to do something like that. So Stevie G managing to get continue. Suarez, maybe Bentacur that we're seeing used for 20 million too. Like Digne coming off too. Like the quality has stepped up. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving to see. And another transfer that I had to mention too was Fabio Carvalho. Fabio Carvalho to Liverpool. I saw 6 million. Oh my days. Is signing championship ballers that cheap? Come on. I'm watching Fulham sometimes. I watch two games of Fulham. And Fabio Carvalho was balling out of these games, man. The yeah. pinpoint passes, the dribbling. I was shocked, man. Portugal, yeah. sign him up, man, okay? Because I saw him, he's representing England. So we got to get something up with this. But Fabio Carvalho, man, it's wonderful to see. And if yeah. Liverpool managed to get him for six million, bargain, bargain, bargain. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's I just sorry. I just wish Fulham would get out of that, like, <laughs> hey, we're good enough to be in the Premier League. Have you seen how many goals they've scored in the championship right now? They're like at... They're like 30 more than the second best offense in the second best attack in the championship. They've scored 30 more goals Marcos than that. Marco Silva. Marco Silva. Uh, Marco Silva. People say Portuguese bias. Go check. Go check. Marco Silva. So you're saying Everton should bring back Marco Silva for a second run? I think they should be Yeah, if they didn't get booted. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to get, yeah. get those suggestions, man. But people, yeah. if there's anything that we've missed out in the transfers, please put down below in the comment section below. And I think we're going to have some quick, quick fires now. So yeah. we're putting each other on the spot. And yeah, you want to start here? Yeah, I got I got one for you. Okay. You know, this might, this might show a little bit of some Portuguese bias for you, but I got to ask. In the next in the next few years, which player is most likely to live up to their massive transfer fee? <laughs> João Felix or Jaden Sancho? Uh João Felix, no doubt. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that was fast too because I think João Felix, when he moves out yeah. of Atlético, it's going to be next level. It's going to be okay. next level. So yeah, I do you think feel jo Sancho. Do you think Sancho can do it while staying at his club? That's the question. That, that no, 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 no. That's my question. But 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 my my why I answered it so quick was the fact that Sancho just arrived for eighteen million, and and he's 21, 22. Jean Felix yeah. 22, 21, 22, The same. He's gonna leave Atleti, and he's gonna go somewhere that he'll play much better. So, and I I'm not I'm, I hope I hope Sancho figures it out with Man United. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so I think the only difference there, the only reason I brought it up was because yeah, you're confident that he'll find the the best next club. Mm -hmm. But that that confidence, I don't know, agents screw things up sometimes. Ah, no, trust me, uh, man. George Minch, you know. okay. I I I look, I, I we can say a lot about George Minch, but when it's clutch time, when his yeah. player really needs it, he delivers. Okay, I gotta yeah. say it. And he for Felix, I think the next move that he's gonna have, it's gonna be it's gonna I think Liverpool and Man City are the in pole position, in my opinion. But Juve okay. would be interesting too, because they could they could always pitch something with we got Chiesa yeah. and we can have Felix, but the problem yeah. is if Chiesa will stay at Juve, but that's a whole different conversation. First, he's got to come back, yeah. And Dybala, obviously, could wind up leaving. But that's the thing. is Does, does George Mench, uh, you know, <laughs> care about this? Or does he care about getting him the best playing 
but environment. But if Felix, if Felix plays more, that'd be the best for him too. So let's see, let's <laughs> see. So I'm gonna come here, shoot you with a question now. It's rebuild time. Guardiola leaves Man City. Who should replace him? Arteta or Patrick Vieira? Like I saw the suggestions in the Athletic. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, it seems pretty easy for me. Mikel Arteta would be a better choice. Um, I, okay. I, I you know, Pat, Pat, Patrick Vieira for me does not have the. He's failed pretty much everywhere he went previous to getting to Crystal Palace, mm. um, and he's only been at Crystal Palace a little while. Mikel Arteta at least is a a. Um, he, he at least has the experience in building an actual system or trying to build a system that is currently still ongoing at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I and, and Mikel Arteta was previously an assistant. Yes, with Guardiola. Right? Mm-hmm. So Arteta for me. I mean, I, that's more the rational pick, mm-hmm. I think. I, I, so I'm, I, agree I like to think I'm rational. I'm going to say Mikel. I agree with you. I, saw, I just saw the news at the Athletic. I was thinking, mm, Patrick Vieira, though. He's he's doing something with that youth. And, but I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah, he's still a question mark for me. But, man, I, I would like to see a uh, resurgence of the, the French influence on Man City. That'd be cool. Um, uh, I believe there used to be some, right? Yeah. Mm. Maybe French speaking is what I'm thinking of. But anyway, uh, all right, my next one. This is a really quick one. I just want to know where your loyalties lie when it comes to this. Hmm. If you had to pick one of the two iconic Scottish clubs, who would it be? Rangers or Celtic? Celtic. Celtic. Really? Oh, be just Celtic. because you've got like a four-leaf clover? Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm half Irish. My mom's Irish, I'm... so I got to say Celtic. My Catholic my Catholic veins are saying, they're all saying, say Celtic, say Celtic. And I got to say too, Jota, my guy Jota. He's at the right club, and he's performing extremely well. So, yeah, I'll go yeah. Celtic, man. I'll go Celtic. Yeah, all right. I, I, I thought maybe there'd be a hint of whatever. Of uh, But, yeah, uh, I, I get it. I who get would it. you pick out of curiosity? Who, I, I grew up loving Rangers. Grew up loving Rangers. <laughs> they had Claudio Reina there back when they had Giovanni von Braun. Of course, they had Gin, Gennaro Gattuso mm-hmm. back in the day. Jeez. I mean, I grew up. I grew up kind of enjoying them, and then they ran themselves into like administration. So, there you whatever. Go. So, uh, I have another rebuild one now. Rebuild right. piece missing: Karim Adeyemi yeah. or Jonathan David. Rebuild piece missing for who? Striker. Well, Stry- for who? Wait. Okay, Arsenal. Yeah. For Arsenal, uh, who are the two? Kareem Adeyemi or Jonathan David? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jonathan David has done a phenomenal job at working on his weaknesses. Um, Kareem Adeyemi is still pretty raw, uh, even though I know he's done very, very well in the Champions League and, and you know, that type of competition. But Jonathan David has actually kind of gotten a lot better at some of the things that he he missed out on mm-hmm. uh, in terms of, like, he can go back and, and get a ball now, right? He can track down a ball. He does mm-hmm. a lot of things a whole lot better. He's a lot better in the channels. Um, so I'm going to say Jonathan David, I think, is the piece – could be a piece missing for for Arsenal, uh, but you if, know who I pick, man. I, you know yeah, who I pick, I man. Yeah, I did, Amy. No doubt. Yeah. I, but yeah. I understand. I understand. I understand your point of views, and I, yeah. you you sure know more about David than me, man, for sure. But yeah, he's uh, even without Davies, I'm very very scared of Jonathan Davies and uh, Tayon Buchanan in our game against Canada next week. They're very good. Kid's so, a we'll stud, see. man. Right, that midfielder, stud, stud. Yeah. 
But, All uh, right, I got a good one for you. You ready? Okay, let's go. Who would you rather have on the ball 20 yards out in the dying moments of a match? James mm. Ward-Prowse, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Beckham? I'd say Ward-Prowse. Yeah? I mean, that, <laughs> that screamer he hit the other day. <laughs> I, I, and, and it's not on hating, man. I just really feel like the guy is a specialist on it. And... Yeah. I got sick of Ronald with free kicks. I'm going to say it. You know, people say, oh, you love Ronaldo. But I'm sick of him with the free kicks, man. It's, it just got to a point yeah. that at the national team, people that know me, I would say, put Rafael Gred putting those free kicks instead of Ronald. Okay. Yeah. And it should have happened earlier. And yeah, but Beckham, uh, I didn't grow up seeing the Beckham you saw. So yeah. that well, might- that's, that's, the only, that's like the only wrinkle here is David Beckham... The reason I brought this up was because I saw a statistic that James Ward-Prowse is now tied for second mm-hmm. all time in the Premier League in direct free kicks scored. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that goal the other day, he's up to like twelve direct free kicks scored. I think he ties with Thierry Henry, mm-hmm. who is underrated when it comes to hitting a free kick. Um, but James Ward-Prowse, uh, you know, he's got plenty of years left, um, and and he does it for a team like Southampton. He's not doing it for. <laughs> You know, where I don't know, maybe maybe get more opportunities with a United. I have no clue. But David Beckham, man, eight, <laughs> he's number one by six. Like he's he's oh. got eight goals scored from a direct free kick, and I still remember some of the most iconic goals uh, of of his his career. Um, and so, I don't know, but JWP I think needs to make that next move. He's got to go somewhere where Newcastle. Where he's a little- Newcastle. Get him to Newcastle, my guy. Don't get me started on Newcastle. <laughs> Last I question on my end. It's Fair enough. Who would you pick in today's game to, to play in today's game? A legend to play in today's game. Who would you pick? Pele, Johan Cruyff, or Maradona? Oh, goodness. Who would you pick to play in today's game? Oh, man. I think I'm going to pick something very unpopular here. I'm going to say I'm going to say Cruyff. Okay. Yeah. okay. I'm going to say Johan Cruyff. Uh, total football, I don't know. You know, there's just something about being able to slot into a team thing and also be able to do the things Johan Cruyff can do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's also because I had an affinity for the Cruyff turn growing up <laughs> playing football. I was very bad at it, but I was phenomenal at the Cruyff. Look at your jersey. Uh, Look at your jersey. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even notice that. Look at the jersey. Uh, yeah, this is a little outdated for him. But, uh, yeah, Johan Cruyff, uh, there's there's something to be said about, like, his understanding of tactics, his, his understanding of the whole thing. Um, and there's also got to be something to be said about, like, come on, mm-hmm. Pele, we, 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 know the, we know the legend that is Pele. I'm sure he's probably the better choice when it all comes down to it because mm-hmm. physically he could take over a game. Technically he could take over a game. Just being on the field, he could take over a For game. Me, Pelé, Pelé, Pelé. Yeah, yeah I Pelé. get it. I mean, he overshadowed Eusebio. And Eusebio yeah. was like the greatest Portuguese player of all time. Like, okay, now behind Cristiano Ronaldo, but still. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Mar- Maradona, I, I mean, I feel like we're like not giving him as much love. I mean, some of the crap that he did. I just don't know if he'd get away with some of the crap that he did back in the day. <laughs> you, you don't know Slalom ballers these days, right? You don't see many like guys that go skiing like he did, but oh, obviously, 
I, I thought you meant like him going and chilling with Pablo, Pablo Escobar type. <laughs> There's a little of that. Oh, There's my. a little of that. Uh, what, 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 what legends, uh, though? But yeah, Johan Cruyff, I think, is just tremendously understated uh, when it comes to his his influence on the game and and his ability tactically, too, um, and to understand. His IQ was amazing. So... That's tough. All right, I got I got one more, and then I think are we done after that? Yes, yes, yes. yes. We've gone long. All right. I was looking back. I went down the rabbit hole of looking at last season's transfers, big transfers, and there were some that were just tremendously underwhelming. Okay, which is the most underwhelming of these Premier League midfield transfers? Tiago to Liverpool for twenty two million. Mm-hmm. Donny Van Beek to United for thirty nine million euros. Giovanni Lo Celso, Giovanni Lo Celso to Spurs for thirty two million. Thomas Partey to Arsenal for 50 million euros. Which one was the most overwhelming? So this means the underwhelming. One... Un- underwhelming. Which one is underperformed the most? Okay, so Partey, Tiago Alcantara. Who are the other yep. two? Sorry, Tiago Alcantara. I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna put Tiago Alcantara. Really? Tiago... No, yeah. no, no. The guy. No, no, no. He's, 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 he's. I think he's undervalued in how good he's been playing for Liverpool. I, yeah, but okay. Van de Beek, Van de Beek, yeah. Parte, and who? Lo Celso. Lo Celso. Lo Celso. Because I really? think Parte, uh, I think Parte is gonna work out at Arsenal. Oh no, 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 no! Donny Van de Beek. Oh, ah, yeah. uh, no, no, you're right. I was thinking of, I was thinking of not putting him in there just but, because it's. Oh, yeah. but 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 I'll be honest with you. I do have. A glimpse of hope with Donny too, but right. with no, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go. I think Lo Celso isn't gonna be the next thing that with Tottenham, and I think Donny can work out. Partey right. can work out, and yeah, I think that. Yeah, and, and I think you're you're onto it, right? For my my rationalization, I would have picked a Tiago or a Lo Celso because. Because I feel like there's an air of Donny Van de Beek not getting his chance mm-hmm. yet, right? So I, I was thinking more like underwhelming per minute played. Um, and if Donny Van de Beek hasn't really been playing, mm-hmm. uh, but Partey obviously he's he's shown some great things, and then also people have been underwhelmed with him. Lo Celso might have had a few glimpses beginning of last year, maybe middle of last year, but man, has he been kind of. Eh this year uh and and tiago i know has been dealing with whether it was fitness issues or whatever but tiago ain't the tiago that we saw at Bayern. Uh, so yes i agree different player but 